Welcome to the Crush the Fuck podcast. This is Justin Spencer. Today we're going to talk about how giving back makes you feel like an absolute fucking superhero. That's right. The ultimate drug is giving back to people. Showing gratitude, showing thankfulness, putting yourself out there and taking the effort and time to make a difference in someone's life. Living on stage, I performed for millions of people, been on the biggest TV shows, traveled the globe. Nothing rewards me internally more than giving back to somebody, showing that I am empathetic, that I do care, and how I can actually affect someone's life in a positive way. I've well documented my struggles with anxiety and depression for my entire adult life. And always kind of searching for a cure, always trying to find a way to get better through drugs, meditations, exercise, diet. All these things play a huge role in trying to keep myself, quote unquote, normal. But the most potent thing, the most important element for me is giving back. When I'm lost, I give back and that corrects my priorities. When I lose myself, I give back. This doesn't necessarily mean financially. I give back my energy into the world in a positive fashion. This podcast is free for all of you to listen to, a wealth of knowledge. I put a lot of time and effort into the content that I put in the world. I think long and hard about what I think is important. This is giving back. This is doing what I feel is making the world a better place. Giving and caring guides you to purpose. I think when you build a totem pole of important things in life. Beyond family, purpose is the head of that totem pole. It's top of the charts. It's the number one hit. Without purpose, we lack any desire. And without desire, why live? A life without purpose is a life that's already been dead. So purpose is that valuable. For me, I preach purpose so hard. Purpose all the time. Purpose, purpose, purpose. Purpose and gratitude. Purpose and gratitude. Purpose and gratitude. Those things are so instrumental. So giving and caring for others and showing and making that effort will guide you to a purposeful life. I want to share a few stories with you. That's right, it's story time. I want you to relax. I want you to listen to these stories because I'm going to tell you from the heart. There's no script here. I'm just going off of how I remember it. And I want to tell you how it's affected me. And I also want you to take inspiration from these stories. These stories are not meant for me to gloat or to, be sound, or to sound self-serving, to make it sound like I'm a, an angel or a superhero. I'm not any of those things. But they are to inspire you to think of ways that you can give back and ultimately find more purpose in your life. For me, 
And I, I outline this in my book, One Life, One Legacy. And if you don't have it, you got to get it. But in One Life, One Legacy, I talk about my first ever really true experience of giving back. It happened when I was in sixth grade. I started this, this little fund in the cafeteria line at my middle school where people would put change in these coffee cans. I remember I'd had these blue Maxwell coffee cans. And I'd bring them from my house. I'd put them at the cashier in the lunch line. And people that would put their change from their lunch into that for the entire month of November and then into, into December. And I would take that money and I'd go buy toys for, for kids that were in need. And that was my first ever true um, experience with wanting to give back. And now in retrospect, I then moved into high school. I remember when I was a, I think I was a junior in high school, the Oklahoma, the Oklahoma City bombings had taken place. And I remember within a day putting together a fundraiser where bands would come perform. Bands would come perform so we could send money to the families in need. These are things that were I was thinking about on my own without any, um, you know, without any direction from my family and or the school. This was just, it was in my DNA to want to find ways to give back. About 14 years ago, before we had made our way into America's Got Talent and moved to Las Vegas, our band had been touring all over the country. We had this pretty badass tour bus. It's about 40 feet long. It could hold 12 people, you know, like you kind of see on, in the movies. It was a legit tour bus. And I remember at the time I had a, a condo right in downtown Manchester, New Hampshire. New Hampshire is the state I'm from. And I had a condo right on Elm Street in Manchester, New Hampshire. It was on the second floor. It was a really cool condo. Brick walls, very industrial looking. And I remember even back then, even with our popularity, we were selling out shows and we had some popularity. I opened the doors to my house for several weeks and allowed fans to bring toys for kids in need to my home. And I would basically use my home as ground zero for all these toys that we want to give to kids on Christmas Day. So not too far removed from those early days in sixth grade where I was trying to get toys for kids. Here I am, um, you know, pre-internet days, pre-look at me, look at all the shit that I'm doing, pre-TV days, pre, you know, look how amazing I am. This is just stuff I was doing on my own, was using my, my conduit and my power, my circle of friends and fans to come together and donate toys at my house. And I remember on Christmas Day, I remember putting all those toys in a tour bus. I remember driving all over New Hampshire, going to foster homes, going to homes of kids that didn't have any toys for Christmas. I remember pulling the tour bus up to their houses, their apartment buildings, allowing these kids to go into the tour bus, feeling like rock stars and picking out toys. Then in, when I got to Las Vegas, I remember one time I was uh, taking a tour of a, a, a woman and children's shelter. The shelter was mainly for, for women who had been dealing with domestic violence, uh, maybe a lot of drug use. Basically, this was a, a safe haven for, for women that have children to come stay at their facility. And it was very, very depressing. I would say it was 80% African-American it was just a very heartbreaking situation. And I thought, 
when was the last time anybody at this shelter of women and children had experienced anything where they felt like somebody cared about them? So I called my friend. We got a bunch of huge coaches that could each hold like 70 people. And I bust over all the women and children from the shelter to my home in Las Vegas through a big party for them, pool party, inflatables, food, games. I remember just looking out into that pool and just seeing dozens of people who probably hadn't been in a pool in a long time. Kids laughing, not knowing that they were going through these dire circumstances not knowing that their life path was in ruins. I was just thinking to myself, fuck, how cool is it that I can afford to give these opportunities to these individuals? I'm so excited that I can provide an environment for these women and children to kind of get lost for the day, forget the pain and the anguish that they're going through. Another time, I was on the road, and I was driving, and we were somewhere right around Iowa. And I was at a gas station. I saw this kid. He was probably early 20s on a bike. He was rummaging through the dumpster in the back of the gas station on the side of the highway. I was thinking to myself, fucking A, are you kidding me? People live like this. People have to go dig for food, dig for survival in other people's trash? Are you fucking kidding me? I don't care how they got there. It's not important. They're there. So I walked over and I approached the young man. I said, hey, will you sit down on the sidewalk with me for a moment? I want to understand how I can help you get out of whatever it is that you're in. I will never forget, I have a picture of this somewhere. I'm going to find this on my phone and post this story, I think, on social media because I remember, I remember sometimes when you do things for the masses, you donate toys to thousands of kids, you, you lose track of the individuality of these, these people's stories and you don't really know if you're helping one or you're helping 10,000, right? You can, it's, really un, it's easy to understand the one person you're helping. I sat and I talked with this, this young man, I would say realistically probably 10 to 15 minutes while the rest of the band, I think, was getting gas and shopping and getting food in the store. And I had just finished writing my book and I had a copy of it with me, so I went and grabbed my book from the, from the tour bus and I brought it over. I said, young man, I'm going to give this book to you and I want you to read it. And, he, and here's a couple hundred dollars. It's up to you what you do with that money. I don't care. But your life doesn't have to be this way. It really doesn't. I remember him just wiping tears away from his eyes as somebody actually gave a shit. This is, this, is a, this is a gas station on the side of a highway in a dumpster. Then, I remember this one time I was driving in Las Vegas to my house. I just came back from the gym. It was probably 9.30 in the morning. And there was this lady, she was obviously on some drugs and very intoxicated, and, and there was two police officers talking to her. 
She was uh she looked like she'd been through hell. She was probably in her 60s, no teeth. Probably has no family that cares about her. I'm assuming here. I don't know for sure. The cops are talking. I stopped. I said, hey, officers, how can I help? They said, oh, no, we're good here. I said, I said, well, let me, how can I help? Does she, does she need a ride somewhere? You know, is there something I can do? And it was like, I, I remember thinking to myself, the cops were so kind about it. The cops were like, you want to do that? I was like, absolutely, I'm here. I, I, you know, well, they, well, she lives on the other side of Las Vegas. She's saying that, you know, she's crying and she's all, you know, she's on drugs and she's lost. And I said, I'll give her a ride. Put her in my car. I remember, I remember the smell. I remember she smelled very, very strange. I don't mean that in a derogatory manner. I just remember like thinking, like, man, this, this is unbelievable. Someone has to live like this. I drove this woman across the Las Vegas, probably 30, 40 minutes, where she was obviously homeless, but she lived in this little area. She had this little community of people with some tents outside. Vegas is a very popular area for homeless, given the weather. Just a small act of kindness like that. I remember when the hurricanes hit. I remember the bad hurricanes that hit Houston. We ran to that. We were in Las Vegas. Me, Alex, who's in our band. Ryan, who's also in our band. We grabbed our tour bus and we drove to Houston, Texas. About two days after the hurricanes had hit, people were like, their houses were flooded. And I remember getting there thinking, like, we're going to save the world. The National Guard had just gotten there. The Cajun Navy is who we teamed up with. We started just putting our efforts together. And I remember getting there thinking, we're going to make a big difference. And I remember getting there, and it was about 11 o'clock at night, and the Golden Triangle, which is kind of that whole like that whole area. If you're familiar with Texas, you can Google Golden Triangle. But Golden Triangle is the eastern side, a couple hundred miles north of Corpus Christi, that really got hit the hardest because of just its location. So we're in our tour bus, and I'm thinking, I want to go. I, I want to go into. I'm very young. I'm, I'm in. I'm in shape. I want to go into houses and, and help people get out, get their belongings out, get their animals out. This is what I want to do. So we're in a Walmart parking lot with a bunch of people from like Louisiana. They're called the Cajun Navy. These guys are some hardcore motherfuckers. These guys are like the real deal. These guys don't mess around, right? They're all strapped. They got guns. And I said, I'm going. They said, you have a gun? I said, why would I need a gun? They said, because people are out here robbing people. You're going to get fucking shot. How about you guys stay back and stack bottles of water? I remember thinking, I want to go and be a superhero. I want to go in people's houses. But whatever you need me to do, I will do. I just, we just drove 19 hours from Las Vegas to help people stack cases of water. So we spent the whole night, all through the night, on no sleep. And we started stacking cases of waters at a local high school so these people that had no place to go would have water. The next day, when it was light out and it was a little safer, we then found some people with some pontoon boats because we were basically taking boats down, down like centers of roads down main streets and into people's homes. I was walking in water up to my chest going into people's homes. It was absolutely wild. We were going to homes, helping people, taking things out, and it was like something out of a war zone. I'd never seen it, but I felt 
so purposeful. I felt like it was something so much bigger than me. The thousands of people from around the country congregated in this area. It was the best feeling. We spent about a week down there trying to make a difference. It's something I'll never forget. Then the Puerto Rico hurricane hit. I remember going to Puerto Rico with Keller and Ryan. We flew down there. We spent about 10 days. Had the opportunity to go house to house. We, we teamed up with a nonprofit. People that really knew what was going on in the trenches. I went house to house meeting people. How can, I, how can I help you? Can I just help you rebuild something? Can I help you go grocery shopping? Can I get you things for your families, formula for your child? Can I, you know, what can we do? We ended up doing some really cool things. Um, if you want to check it out, you can check out the Chaos and Kindness website. You can find that episode on Puerto Rico. I don't want to spend too much time going through the stories there, but there were some amazing stories. The moral to all these stories, whether it be getting toys like I was doing, kids, if you're listening to this, if you're driving in the car with your mom, your dad, you can make a difference right now. You don't need money to do it. You don't have to change the world. You only have to change one person. That's the beauty in this whole thing. You can get so much purpose and so much gratitude by making a difference in one person's life. Think about it. The woman I helped drive across Las Vegas, it took me an an hour of my day. I'm still talking about it years later. I'm so proud I took the time to do that. I write checks and I donate tons of money. And that's needed as well. There's a time and place for that as well. But I encourage you guys, if you have the opportunity, not to donate to toy drives, including our own. If you have time, find a family. Adopt a family. Help that family. You'll find the power of giving. You'll understand its strengths and how much it can make you feel like a superhero. If you're feeling dark, you're feeling lost, you're feeling hopeless, especially in times like right now, you feel like you're just sitting around doing nothing, you feel like you have made a difference in the world, even if you're somebody who yourself is in need, even if you're somebody right now whose life is in shambles, go make a difference. Go help somebody. Inspire somebody. Because at some point in time, you're going to be on your deathbed. And you're going to be reflecting what brought you value in your life. The stories that I remember, I remember more of these stories, these individuality stories of me helping individuals years and years and years ago than I do how many cars I've bought, what cars they were. Because the impact is so much greater than any materialistic good you could ever get. Don't watch people make a difference in the world. Lead people to making a difference in the world. You're the inspiration. You have that power. Use it. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you guys subscribe to this podcast. Hope you guys like it, comment on it, give me your feedback, review it, share it. 
put a lot of time and effort to these things. I love sharing these stories with you. I like having this time with you. Thank you for being here. Keep listening. I'll be back. You've been listening to the Crush the Fuck Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and visit chaosandkindness.com for more.